experiencing a journey this week as I listen to that song about trials. Um, I have been on a journey this week filled with trials. Um, I could, I'm not sure if it's because I thought I needed a man card in my wallet of some sort, a, a, an achievement, but in an effort to save money, I ripped the roof off my house. Um, and it's yet to be covered up. There's still holes. So if you're praying for rain, please stop. <laughs> um, give me another week. Um, but anyway, I've been on a journey that's been filled with trials. And as I listened to this song, as I listened to the, the readers talk about the roadmap, I was reminded that while I was in the midst of despair and trying to figure out how to make this work, because you guys have probably experienced it where you've done just enough of something to think you've got an idea, but have no clue what's really going on. Um, that's kind of how it was this week as I, um, and when I say I, please understand those of you who are still suffering back pain in this room, um, blisters from helping me. Thank you very much. I did not do it alone. Um, amazing people came out and have helped me through this process. But there was a point where I did not know what to do next. I wasn't sure how to transition this roof from being an old cedar shake kind of roof to taking down plywood OSB and getting um, regular composite shingles on it. And I called a friend. As the readers said, as they... as as Vanessa and Michaela read, they talked about the, the guide map, the, the way to get through the trials, the way to get through the troubles. And I, I did the classic phone a friend thing finally. I was trying to figure it out myself, but I finally phoned a friend. And he just gave me an idea, and it was amazing when I had direction, when I knew the path that was, that lay before me, how much quicker it went. My stress wasn't taken away. My back pain wasn't relieved, but I was at a little more peace knowing I could make it through the next few steps. Today we are talking about a journey. We are looking at a journey in the life of Daniel. Here at Grace Point over the last few weeks, we've been delving into a sermon series kind of on the characteristics that allow us to live like Jesus. What does it mean to live like Jesus? How can we be somebody who God would say, like David is a man after his own heart? Somebody like Paul who is searching after Jesus, who is, is there and doing that. And while it's not the things that we do that bring us to Jesus, but it's these things that we do that allow us to experience Jesus more on this journey. And so we've been looking at that. We've looked at um, Enoch and how he walked with God. We've looked at Job last week and his obedience to God even through trials. We've looked at, um, let's see, Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. And Jeremiah was weeping because one thing, he had a message. And we're going to look a little bit at that message today. But the journey we're looking at is found in the story of Daniel. The story of Daniel, who th- this young man was taken captive. And if you want to follow along in your Bibles, I invite you to open your Bibles with me. 
Um, if you don't have one, that is okay. Most, almost all of the text will be on the screen today. But we're going to be looking at how we can live like Jesus through prayer. When you look at the story of Daniel, it's hard to get past the story without realizing how much Daniel relies on prayer. And so in Daniel's case, living like Jesus for Daniel was through prayer. And today we're going to look at how we can pray like Daniel. And the first thing that we find out in prayer as we move through the journey is that prayer connects us. Prayer connects us. Daniel chapter 1, verse 1, says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. These two verses contain the beginning of the trial that Daniel was to face, the beginning of the trials and the journey that was to start for the people of Israel as they were taken captive. And it's always interesting And we could probably have a lively debate on what the Bible truly means when it says, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim into the hands of the enemy. Did God cause it to happen? Did God remove his hand? How did that work? I'm not going to get too much into that today. But I just want to point out that here is a case where something bad has happened, where God steps back and the King Nebuchadnezzar, the enemy, comes in and besieges the land of, of Judah, comes in and destroys the temple, burns it to the ground, burns the city, puts the land to waste, clears it of everything, and takes away the survivors into the land of Shinar. Now, some of your versions probably say to Babylonia there. This, this word is interesting. It's kind of how it, how it works. If you were to look in Genesis chapter 11, Genesis chapter 11 contains the story of the Tower of Babel. Kind of that, that moment after the flood where man was like, okay, God, we see what you've done, but we're going to try and one up you and we're going to build a tower so that even you come, come at us with your worst will still survive. And it's kind of the essence of everything that is pagan in thought. Pagan thought says that I can do it, that I can overcome God, or that I can be God for myself. That is kind of the essence of what it means to be pagan in this place. What the what Daniel is telling us is that they were taken to the place where you would least expect to find God. The place where you would least expect to see anyone worshiping God or that you would expect to even feel or find God's presence. They were taken into this place, this journey. But we're looking 
at prayer. And as we think about these trials, how could Daniel, because if you follow this chapter along, the very first story in Daniel that starts up in verse 3 is the story of Daniel and his three friends being renamed, getting new names, but not of the the kind that God promises us. God promises to give us new names as he makes us a new creation. This was kind of the same thing except for the exact opposite. They're getting names of these these pagan gods, of these beings that don't exist, that is meant to just break them down. It's meant to bully them into submission. And in this trial that Daniel faces right away, he is able to stand tall. And I don't know if you've ever asked yourself, how is it that Daniel was able to stand tall? And I would, I would say, one, it was his connection and understanding of God through prayer. When we pray to God, we always talk about being silent and listening for that voice. And some of us, some of us in here may have a story where God has spoken to us. Where God has, where we felt like we've heard the words of the Lord coming to us like so clear. Sometimes some of us maybe haven't experienced that. But oftentimes the guidebook, the scripture is God speaking to us. And I want to look at a text that I often find myself drawn to take out of context and forget exactly what's being said. Jeremiah 29, 11. If you know it, raise your hand. When I say Jeremiah 29, 11, raise your hand. Even up on stage, oh, come on, kids, raise them high. Raise them high. You know what that's saying. But I want to just take a moment to look at this. Jeremiah was a prophet who was contemporary with Daniel. Um, probably was just a few years older than Daniel, was prophesying right before the captivity started. And in this prophecy of Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper and give you hope in a future. This amazing text. Let's look at it in its context, though. Thinking about how can Daniel be connected? How can we stay connected through prayer in these times of trial in our life? Jeremiah 29, verse 10 Sorry, I, okay, I started down that road. The, the slideshow, I didn't preview it. So there's, there's these weird transitions in it that are throwing me off. I'm like, what's going on here? Okay, but anyway, enough of that. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. Okay, so what we have here is Jeremiah prophesying that, hey, you're going to go away for 70 years, but I will visit, this is God saying, I will visit and perform my good word towards you. The very next verse, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and pray to me and I will listen to you. Daniel was connected 
through prayer because of the word that he had understood from God from through the prophet Jeremiah. He was connected to God through prayer. Prayer connects us to God. For I know the plans. This text is given in the context of an awful situation, of a situation where family members are going to be destroyed, friends, towns, the temple of God, the thing that you, where you worship, your place of worship is going to be destroyed and all of these bad things are going to happen. But I know the plans I think, says God, in those times of trials, in those times of worry and defeat, when it seems that the journey is rough, that the journey is just too hard. God is saying, wait a minute, I know that I think, I know what I think. You may think you know what I think because of what's happening to you. So often we find ourselves saying, God must be doing this or that because he doesn't like me. This is what he thinks. But we don't know. God tells us, these are the plans I think for you. Plans to give you hope and a future. The next, very next verse, and you will seek me and find me when you see, search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the land from which I cause you to be carried away. The journey the journey that we're on is not so much in seeking God. The journey that we're on is when we have found God in our journeying with him. Because even in the dark places, even in the time of captivity, which we are in a time of captivity, our world has been taken over. Our world is being controlled. We are in a place where we don't belong. We are in, we are in a Babylon of sorts where we are captive and oftentimes we can say, think that God is not getting us through this journey. But through prayer and being connected to God, we can be on this journey with Him. Prayer not only connects us, but prayer helps commit us. Prayer helps commit us to God. I want to look at another prayer found in Daniel. Daniel chapter 9. If you want to go there, Daniel chapter 9, verse 20. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 20. Now while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God, For the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer. Wow. Note to self. Never not preview my slideshow ever again. This is killing me. I'm going to be found. Okay, I see where we're at. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, holy mountain of my God. I'll just start reading it. Okay, that was obnoxious. Um, all right. Oh, that's the next one. Okay, I see what's going on. Whew. This is throwing me off. All right, so Daniel is praying and speaking. 
confessing my sin and the sin of my people. There is commitment found in this prayer that Daniel is giving. Just like last time, Daniel was following the words of Jeremiah and letting those words of Jeremiah lead him to understand that, hey, we're going to be here for 70 years, but God is with us. He will find us. When he's in this prayer, it is because he is committed, fully committed to following what God has spoken. All right, so I think we're back on. We've read that verse in Daniel 9.20. All right, there we go. So here we go. This is going back to Leviticus 26.40. So what we're looking at here is Daniel being committed to God, being committed to this life of prayer. And he, he says that while I was praying for my sins and confessing my sins and confessing the sins of my people... In Leviticus, another text that, Mo- that Moses has written that Daniel would have read, it says, But if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, and that also have walked contrary to me. That's that first line. If they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers... God is going to be there with them. God is going to be there. Daniel is committed to saying, listen, I accept the the mistakes I've made. I understand the mistakes I've made. But God, I want to confess. I want to commit to you. I want to reach out through prayer to you. And continuing on. Through all of this. Here's the part I wanted. Then I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. I will remember. God is saying, hey, this is this is why you do this. And this is what Daniel was committed to. So now we're back into Daniel chapter nine. And this is what I love. The commitment in prayer is not necessarily our commitment to make. God has committed himself to reaching out. Because when Daniel started praying, the Bible says, Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of evening offering. And informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand at the beginning of your supplications. So at the beginning of your prayer, at the moment you started praying, the command went out. And I have come to tell you, you are greatly beloved. The moment that he began praying, God was committed to coming down and being with him. This is probably, this is just an amazing truth about prayer. That when we pray, that when we are committed to prayer, when we are saying, God, I am committed to you, God does not wait to answer that prayer. At the very moment you began your supplication, the command was given out to come because you are greatly beloved. One of my favorite quotes from Desire of Ages. 
She says, when we pray for earthly blessings, the answer to our prayer may be delayed. Or God may give us something other than we ask. But not so when we ask for deliverance from sin. It is his will to cleanse us from sin, to make us his children, and to enable us to live a holy life. But not so when we ask for deliverance of sin. God is committed to his promises. And he has reached out and said, yes, I will come rescue you. I will be there. And through the prayer that Daniel was doing, through the prayer life that Daniel had, he was connected to God and he was committed. He was saying to God, God, I give you my life. Take my life. God, I give you my voice, my lips. God, I give you everything that I have. And God is committed to always answering that prayer right away. Take my life. Take my hands, my feet. I commit myself to you, God.
Prayer connects and prayer commits. Take my life and let it be. Prayer also confirms. Prayer confirms in our lives what we're doing. And prayer also confirms to others what's happening. Daniel chapter 6. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 leaders to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors of one of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because of an excellent spirit was in him. Daniel, a slave, a captive, A foreigner has become one of the three prominent leaders in Babylon. And because of the spirit that is in him, the spirit that is in him, he has not only become part of the three, but he's essentially become the leader of the three. And except for the king himself, Daniel is the most respected and powerful leader in in the land of Babylon. It's because of an excellent spirit in him. That spirit that's talked about, this mystery of God, the mystery of Christ being in us. And when Daniel was just connected to God, when he was committed to God through his prayer, he was confirming to everyone that something was, that there is something to this life with God, that there's something to the real God of Israel. And he was confirming it to the land. And whenever you stand up, whenever you stand up for God, there will be others who stand against you. And the same happened with Daniel. And this this story of Daniel, this connection with God, this spirit that was in God, that was in Daniel from God, led them to devise the plan that caught Daniel breaking a law and got him thrown into the lion's den. But Daniel was willing to stand and confirm who God was in his life. And it wasn't that he had to do it. It was because of the spirit living in him. He just stayed connected and committed to God. And God used Daniel in mighty ways. Another prophet that was um, around the time of Daniel was Ezekiel. And in Ezekiel, in one of his prophecies found in chapter 14, verse 14, it references three individuals, Noah, Daniel, and Job. And this is talking about the, it's a prophecy about people not taking responsibility for their own righteousness, for their own Um, connection with God. And Ezekiel says, even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness, says the Lord. Daniel, in his connection, 
in his commitment to God through prayer was confirming to others that he, that there was something different. He was standing apart. And just by those actions, he was witnessing to others. He was becoming a part of a, some, something that people looked up to. He was becoming a leader in, not only in the land, but a leader and a role model spiritually for people to follow and look up to and say, listen, Daniel has got it figured out. He is connected. He is committed. And God is using his life to confirm, to witness to others. God has asked us to witness. And it's not that it comes through the power that we have. This prayer life that is connected through Daniel allows Daniel to witness because of that special spirit that was in him. We never have to feel like we are solely responsible to be that witness. We just have to remain connected and committed to God. And God will confirm to others through our witness. Who will be a witness? Daniel was a witness. Listen to this song as there's a few, few, few other people who are also witnesses for God.
connects, prayer confirms, and prayer commits. There it is. Prayer connects, commits, and confirms us. But the life of prayer of Daniel, we can also see that prayer celebrates. Prayer celebrates what God has done. Maybe one of the most unique prayer stories in the book of Daniel is found in Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2 has the the dream of the statue, the dream of the, the head of gold and the chest of silver and on down to the feet and that that vision that is so powerful for us even today that talks about how God's kingdom will prevail over whatever happens on earth and is, a, is an amazing vision and testimony from God about his care for us. But for Daniel, when Nebuchadnezzar had this dream, he knew something was up and he knew that he had to get it figured out, but he was being a little bit stubborn, you know, and I, sometimes I feel like I've done this. It's like, I want people to guess what I'm thinking. You guys ever do that where you want people to truly just kind of guess what you're thinking? Like, man, I did this with a lot of my girlfriends, which is maybe why they didn't become my wives. Um, I don't know, um, which I'm thankful for. But, you know, I would want them to, if they really love me, if they really know, know me, they'll know what I'm thinking. And they'll know what to do. And so I, I found myself kind of doing that from time to time. And I don't know if Nebuchadnezzar was kind of that way. But he was like, hey, bring my sorcerers, my wise people. And I want them to be able to tell me my dream and what it means. And, of course, they can't. And Nebuchadnezzar gets mad, um, much like I did with those girlfriends. And so, you know, I, I left them behind. Anyway. I always like to see how close to the edge I can get before my wife will actually come up here and kick me. Um, you know. But Nebuchadnezzar was like, okay, enough of it. Let's kill these wise people because clearly they're not the right ones and they need to go. And so the decree is sent out and the, the lead assassin is sent out to find Daniel and his friends so that they can be killed. And Daniel goes out and talks with this with this assassin, essentially, is what he is, this leader of the killing squad, and is like, give us a day. You know, give us a second, and let us let us pray to God and let us see what see what God does. You know, just give us a day before you go on killing us. And so Daniel and his three friends pray and then go to sleep. And of course, we know the story. God reveals to Daniel the dream and reveals its meaning and he's able to share it. But prayer, the life of prayer is not a life of just God in my trials, God in my struggles, be there. A life of prayer is a life that celebrates what God has done. And I love this prayer of Daniel that's going to type up on the screen in ridiculous slow, ridiculously slow fashion. Um, Daniel answered and said, drumroll, um, blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. 
Daniel 2.20. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Daniel 2.21. He reveals deep secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells within him. Daniel 2.22. This prayer... Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Daniel understands that in the life of prayer, it celebrates who God is and what God has done in his life. And this is in the middle of this journey that is taking him into captivity, this middle of this journey that is filled with trials, his friends being thrown into a fiery furnace, him eventually being thrown into the lion's den, All of these things happening, Daniel's life of prayer is connected to God. It's it's committed to God. It's confirming in others, to others, what God is doing. And it's celebrating what it means to be a true follower of Jesus. Daniel's life of prayer celebrated what God did. I thank you and praise you. O God of my fathers, you have given me wisdom and might and have made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made, did I just read? For you have made known to us the king's demand. Daniel celebrated what God had done. Often I think as Christians, This is an area where we tend to drop the ball just a little bit because it's so easy to get caught up in the trials and the the speed bumps along the way and to not realize what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do for us very soon when he returns again. And this is something that we should be celebrating what God is doing in our life. I thank you, God. I give praise to you. I celebrate what you have done in my life. Prayer is celebrates. Prayer celebrates what God has done. And just to remind us what God has done, Ephesians chapter 2, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Where are you on your journey today? Where are you in this journey? Are you feeling the weight of the world and wondering where God has gone. 
I can tell you that God is right there with you feeling the same weight. Are you feeling like you've got it under control and unnoticed to you God is kind of slipping in the background because you're kind of at the point where you're like, I got this. I figured it out. When the harsh reality of that falls through, God will be right there because he's right there right now. Wherever we are in our life, a life of prayer, the ability to talk to a God who understands, ability to talk to a God who is real is an amazing thing. And through our life of prayer, we can remain connected, committed to God. We can confirm to others what God has done in our lives and we can celebrate what God has done for us. I invite you into a life of prayer. I invite you to explore Daniel, to explore what it means to be connected to this God who has saved us through this amazing, unfathomable grace that he offers us. This grace that gives us power. The power of heaven and earth are at our disposal because of God's grace for us. I hope that as we close out this service, that as we've spent this moment looking at Daniel and his prayer life, that you've been encouraged, that you've been challenged, that you've been just uplifted to see what God is doing and know that it is by grace you have been saved, not by works so that no one can boast. It is the grace of God that saves us.
This journey we call life is messy. We travel this road, not alone, but with the ultimate guide. We do not always understand. Things seem unclear at times. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. You may not know the way. But I do. You may feel lost. But I am the way. You may be broken. But I am the fixer of all things. This journey we call life is messy. But I can clean it up. Connect with me. And I will show you the way. Commit to me. And I will satisfy the desires of your heart. Confirm my power to those around you. And I will pour out my spirit to empower you. Celebrate my amazing grace. And I will lead you home. I will help you recover. From your human condition. And I will lead you home. Life is a journey. I will help you to navigate through. This frustratingly untidy existence. And I I will lead lead you home. home. Life is a journey. I will lead you home. Travel Travel in in peace. peace. pray together. Father, we long for that unclouded day, that day where it actually, I guess, becomes cloudy as you come in those clouds to take us home. Lord, may we live a life 
of prayer. May we be connected to you. May we commit ourselves to what you have committed us to do for you. Lord, we pray that we will live a life that can be a witness, that will cause others to ask, what is it that you have that I don't? Lord, may we celebrate what you have done in our lives. We thank you for the stories in the Bible that help us to show us the way, to guide us, and we thank you that you are there with us each step of our journey. We ask these things in the saving name of Jesus. Amen.